Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, all the headlines from the iPhone event today at Apple HQ. Why is Meta blocking some basic terms on their new Threads search feature? TikTok Shop is rolling out broadly. And the U.S. Copyright Office keeps knocking down copyright claims for AI-generated art. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. iPhone 15 event today. Going to do it a bit differently. Let's just get right into it with what's new and not mess around. They started with the Apple Watch first, new generation Series 9. Looks basically the same as the previous generation in terms of design and chassis. It's got a new Apple Silicon chip, though. It's called the S9 SIP. The CPU has 5.6 billion transistors, 60% more than the Series 8. The GPU is 30% faster. It's got a four-core neural engine now that allows Siri requests to happen on the watch itself. All this gives you 18 hours of battery life, which I think was what the previous version got. The display can now get up to 2,000 nits, double the brightness of the Series 8 watches. There's a new gesture called Double Tap. If you tap your index finger and thumb together twice with the hand that has the watch on it, you can do things like answer and hang up calls. It's basically the primary button on any app that actually looks pretty useful. Sort of double tapping kind of feels like it was inspired by the Vision Pro's hand gestures. What else? There's some new pinkish colors. The new Apple Watch is apparently Apple's first entirely carbon neutral product. Then it was on to the Apple Watch Ultra. There's a new watch face called Modular Ultra, which uses the outer edge of the display. The screen can now hit 3,000 nits, which is pretty nuts. Gets the same 36 hours of battery life. And that was about it. Pretty much incremental updates for both watches. You can order both today, shipping September 22nd. Then it was on to the iPhone. The iPhone 15, to be exact. This is the low end, the one with the two cameras which is the easiest way to differentiate them by sight. The Dynamic Island has come to the iPhone 15. It's got an OLED Super Retina XDR display. It supports Dolby Vision with 1600 nit brightness. Peak brightness is 2000 nits in sunlight. There are two sizes, 6.1 inches and 6.7 inches for a 15 plus. The colors are pink, yellow, green, blue, and black. The main camera is 48 megapixels. That's an upgrade, right? The new 12-megapixel optical zoom is there. There's a next-gen portrait mode. You don't have to switch to portrait mode ahead of time now. You can make portraits afterwards in the photo app, which is nice. You don't have to decide in the moment if you want a portrait picture. I'm pretty sure the front selfie camera is unchanged. The 15s now have an A16 Bionic chip, same as the 14 Pro. Basically, we're seeing the trickle-down from the Pro models, as expected year over year. Though the 15s now have a new ultra-wideband chip that will help you find your friends with the same precision that you use to find air tags. Roadside assistance is now available via satellite, partnered with AAA. AAA members get it free for unlimited amount of time, I guess. But anyone can get it for two years for free just for buying a iPhone 15. But they really made folks like me writing headlines about this wait for so long to announce the big news. Yes, USB-C. AirPods are now USB-C as well. You can also charge your AirPods from your phone now. 
The iPhone 15 is starting at $799. The iPhone 15 Plus starts at $899. And then it was on to the iPhone 15 Pros. They claim that these are the lightest pros ever because they're using titanium now. They also have the thinnest borders ever on the iPhone. 6.1 inches in screen size for the Pro, 6.7 inches for the Pro Max. The four colors for the Pros look basically the same. Apple claims that a new internal architecture makes the iPhone more repairable, and the inside is 100% recycled aluminum. The real new thing for these high-end phones is the action button. What do it do? By default, it's still a basic ring slash silence switch. You just hold it down to do that. But you can also reassign things like camera launch, voice recorder launch, or even launch a shortcut. The screen is a Super Retina XDR display with ProMotion, extreme dynamic range, and the always-on display. But the chip is now an A17 Pro. It's the first 3 nanometer chip in a smartphone, Apple says. 12 silicon atoms wide, 19 billion transistors, 6 core GPUs, 2 high-performance cores, 4 high-efficiency cores. The neural engine is twice as fast, they say. Dedicated engines for ProRes, the always-on display, and AV1 video decoders for streaming services. Also, hardware-accelerated ray tracing for the first time. USB-C speeds of 10 GPPS for the Pros, which, again, only the Pro models get. Also, 20x faster than USB 2 data transfer, I guess. Side note here, why does Apple spend every iPhone event talking so much about mobile gaming when, like, aside from casual games, who games heavily on their iPhones, even after all these years? As for the camera on the Pros, again, this is the high-end, the three camera iPhones. Main camera is what they're calling a more advanced 48-megapixel sensor, 24mm, 28mm, and 35mm focal lengths, With the main camera, you can set one of those as the default now. There's a 3x telephoto camera, but the new thing is their biggest optical zoom yet. 5x zoom at 120 millimeter focal length, 25% larger sensor than the 14 Pro Max, 2.8 aperture, 100% focus pixels, basically a 5x telephoto lens. They still have that 12 megapixel ultra wide lens. You can now do ProRes 4K 60 frames per second video. And yeah, the Pro gets USB-C charging as well, of course, but this is something that I predicted with the announcement of the Vision Pro. You can now also turn your Pro iPhone sideways and can record 3D spatial video, though that requires you to view such video on your Vision Pro, if you have one eventually, and capturing it only begins later this year as a software update. 15 Pro comes with... 128 gigabytes of storage starting at $999. The Pro Max is 1199 at 256 gigabytes of storage starting pre-order on Friday, available September 22nd. Interesting little addendum here. iCloud Plus now gets new 6 and 12 gigabyte storage tiers. I might have missed it, though. I assume these would cost more. I don't know what that cost would be yet. This is Apple News adjacent, as this will come to Macs someday, I assume. Intel has announced Thunderbolt 5, offering up to 120 GBPS bandwidth and support for DisplayPort 2.1, USB version 4, USB 3.20G, and PCIe Gen 4, and up to 240 watts charging. Quoting videocards.com, the most recent advancement, Thunderbolt 4, Introduced enhanced display capabilities allowing for dual 4K monitor support or a single 8K monitor. 
Additionally, Thunderbolt 4 mandated support for USB 4 specifications, provided up to 100 watts of charging, and offered a minimum data transfer rate of 32 Gbps. However, despite these improvements, Thunderbolt 3 and 4 both maintain the same total bandwidth of 40 Gbps and compatibility with the PCIe Gen 3 standard. The updated version raised the minimum PCIe data transfer requirement to 32 Gbps, although Thunderbolt 3 also supported the speed, albeit not as a mandatory requirement. Consequently, gamers utilizing external graphics typically wouldn't recognize any distinction between Thunderbolt 3 and 4 enclosures. In October of the previous year, Intel unveiled its plans for a new generation of Thunderbolt technology, and today, they officially introduced it as Thunderbolt 5. This standard offers a total bandwidth potential of up to 120 Gbps, hinging on the utilization of bandwidth boost technology. Thunderbolt 5, in its default configuration, supplies an 80 Gbps bidirectional connection. However, when the need arises for high-resolution displays with increased refresh rates or for accommodating multiple displays, devices can harness the full 120 Gbps speed. In such scenarios, the receiving speed can be flexibly adjusted, ranging from 80 down to 40 Gbps. A noteworthy feature of Thunderbolt 5 is compatibility with DisplayPort 2.1, USB version 4, USB 3.20G, and PCIe Gen 4. This standard also includes charging support of up to 240 watts, eliminating the necessity for separate charging cables for some laptops. The inclusion of PCIe Gen 4 compatibility implies that Thunderbolt 5 will unlock greater bandwidth potential for external GPUs, potentially addressing one of the principal limitations of Thunderbolt 3 and 4 standards. However, for this to be fully supported, systems must be equipped with PCIe-compatible links operating at 64 Gbps speeds. It is anticipated that upcoming laptops, potentially those based on the Meteor Lake architecture, might be among the pioneering systems to incorporate Thunderbolt 5. Officially, the first systems featuring this technology are to launch in 2024, end quote. Want a better way to simplify your business finances across expenses, vendor payments, and accounting? If so, Ramp could be a complete game changer. Ramp is the corporate card and spend management software designed to help you save time and put money back in your pocket. Ramp gives finance teams unprecedented control and insight into company spend. With Ramp, you're able to issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions and automate expense reporting so you can stop wasting time at the end of every month. Ramp's accounting software automatically collects receipts and categorizes your expenses in real time so you don't have to. You'll never have to chase down a receipt again and your employees will no longer spend hours submitting expense reports. The time you'll save each month on employee expenses will allow you to close your books eight times faster. Ramp's also saves you money. Businesses that use Ramp save an average of 5% the first year. Ramp is easy to use. Get started, issue virtual and physical cards, and start making payments in less than 15 minutes, whether you have five employees or 5,000. And now, get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash techmeme. Ramp.com slash techmeme. R-A-M-P dot com slash techmeme. We're being sponsored today by a company on a product that longtime listeners know I have used for years and cannot, literally cannot live or at least work without it. 1Password. 1Password combines industry-leading security with award-winning design to bring private, secure, and user-friendly password management to everyone. Companies lose hours every day just from employees forgetting and resetting passwords. A single data breach costs millions of dollars. 1Password secures every sign-in to save you time and money, any device, any time. 1Password lets you securely switch between iPhone, 
iPhone, Android, Mac, and PC with convenient features like autofill for quick sign-ins. All you have to remember is the one strong account password that protects everything else. Your logins, your credit cards, secure notes, or the office Wi-Fi password. One password generates as many strong, unique passwords as you need and securely stores them in an encrypted vault that only you have access to. I started using one password, what, a decade ago? Join me and over 100,000 businesses on board the one password bandwagon. Because right now, my listeners get a free two-week trial at onepassword.com slash ride. That's two free weeks at the number one, the word password, all one word, dot com slash ride. Onepassword.com slash ride. Meta's Twitter competitor Threads recently got a search function. And what that tells us about how Meta sees this new social platform is interesting, because testing shows that it has some serious guardrails, including the blocking of words like sex, gore, vaccines. Meta admits that COVID is a blocked term, but has declined to disclose others. Quoting the Washington Post, Meta acknowledged in a statement to the Washington Post that Threads is intentionally blocking the search terms and said that other terms are being blocked, but the company declined to provide a list of them. A search by The Post discovered that the words sex, nude, gore, porn, coronavirus, vaccines, and vaccination are also among the blocked words. The search functionality temporarily doesn't provide results for keywords that may show potentially sensitive content, the statement said, adding that the company will add search functionality for terms only, quote, once we are confident in the quality of the results, end quote. Lucky Tran, director of science communication at Columbia University, discovered this himself when he attempted to use threads to seek out research related to COVID, something he says he does every day. I was excited by search on threads, he said. When I typed in COVID, I came up with no search results. Other public health workers criticized the company's decision and said its timing was especially poor given the current coronavirus uptick. Hospitalizations jumped nearly 16% in the United States last week and have been rising steadily since July, according to CDC data, though they remain less than what they were for the comparable week a year ago. Deaths are less than a quarter of what they were year-to-year, CDC statistics show. Emily Vraga, an associate professor at the University of Minnesota's Hubbard School of Journalism and Mass Communication, said the decision to block search results for important keywords, quote, does not situate threads as a replacement for the Twitter that once existed, end quote. The decision, Vraga said, was indicative of Meta's apparent inability to meaningfully moderate content at scale. Meta and all of its products have long had a hands-off approach, she said. They really don't want to be seen as deciding truth versus not truth, and I think this is a continuation of that. They're often sidestepping the really complicated and very difficult moderation decisions, end quote. Haney Farid, a professor at the University of California at Berkeley who specializes in technology and disinformation, said that blocking search results for certain terms does at least show that Meta is thinking about disinformation, though he called blocking search terms an imprecise moderation method, end quote. Years from now, this might end up being the biggest news of the day, historically speaking. TikTok has begun rolling out TikTok Shop to all U.S. users, adding a home screen shop button that sends users to a marketplace and already has more than 200,000 sellers on that marketplace. Quoting the Times, After nearly a year of testing, speculation, and some internal upheaval, TikTok this week is rolling out TikTok Shop for all users in the United States. The company will expand the rollout of a shop button on the app's home screen, which sends people to a marketplace and drive traffic to videos that contain shop buttons for specific products. 
Both enable users to buy products in a few clicks without leaving the app. E-commerce is a significant bet for the company, which is hoping to translate the app's power as a cultural trendsetter into another big new revenue stream. But it is a venture that other popular social platforms, including Instagram, have not succeeded with in the U.S. To make it a hit, TikTok said it is actively driving videos with shopping buttons into users' feeds. The company is also, for the time being, giving generous discounts and coupons to users who shop and forego commissions from many sellers. TikTok said that it had already signed up 200,000 sellers to TikTok shop and that more than 100,000 creators could make videos and live stream with shopping buttons, end quote. Or maybe this will be the headline that history remembers. The U.S. Copyright Office has denied protection for an AI-made image that won an art competition despite Adobe Photoshop alterations and more than 624 text prompt revisions. Quoting Reuters, The U.S. Copyright Office has again rejected copyright protection for art created using artificial intelligence, denying a request by artist Jason M. Allen for a copyright covering an award-winning image he created with the generative AI system Midjourney. The office said on Tuesday that Allen's science fiction-themed image Theater Diopera Spatial was not entitled to copyright protection because it was not the product of human authorship. The Copyright Office in February rescinded copyrights for images that artist Chris Kashtanova created using Midjourney for a graphic novel called Zarya of the Dawn, dismissing the argument that the images showed Kashtanova's own creative expression. It has also rejected a copyright for an image that computer scientist Stephen Thaler said his AI system created autonomously. Allen applied last September to register a copyright in Theater de Opera Spatial, an image evoking a futuristic royal court that won the Colorado State Fair's art competition in 2022. A copyright office examiner requested more information about Midjourney's role in creating the image, which had received national attention as the first AI-generated work to win the contest. Allen told the office that he, quote, input numerous revisions and text prompts at least 624 times to arrive at the initial version of the image using Midjourney and altered it with Adobe Photoshop. The office asked Allen to disclaim the parts of the image that Midjourney generated in order to receive copyright protection. It rejected Allen's application after he declined. The office's Copyright Review Board affirmed the decision on Tuesday finding the image as a whole was not copyrightable because it contained more than a minimal amount of AI-created material. Allen said on Wednesday that the office's decision on his work was expected, but he was, quote, certain we will win in the end, end quote. Getting this out to you as soon as humanly possible. Talk to you tomorrow.